Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are not going to talk about any politics, unless you're talking about the politics of the Galactic Republic. On your screen in front of you, you can see the logo for one of my favorite film franchises of all time. If you are new to Virtual Legality, you might not know that, but we've got a lot of Star Wars adjacent material on this channel because I've loved it really my whole life. And that logo has for the past, oh, eight or so years been under the purview of one specific video game company, Electronic Arts, much to the chagrin of many and much to my own personal chagrin, not because I hate Electronic Arts. In fact, when I was picking out a photo for this thumbnail, I had thought of resting chill Chewbacca. I had even thought of potentially putting Leia strangling Jabba But at the end of the day, I don't hate Electronic Arts. I don't really view them as Jabba the Hutt. I am just always in favor of more companies, more creative minds, more people getting a crack at using the intellectual property, the brands that I love. And exclusivity has always felt to me like something where a company could have spent money building something great for consumers, for players, for people like me, and instead spent that money locking out other potential competitors. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's a business model. Electronic Arts is well within its right to do it, just like it did it with the NFL, where I also don't like it. But if I had my druthers, I would see that intellectual property freed to be pursued by a bunch of different companies, which, spoiler alert, is exactly what we saw happen today. Now, to give a little bit of background on this, if you don't follow corporate contracts and exclusive licenses like I do here in Virtual Legality, In May of 2013, really right around the time that Disney bought Lucasfilm entirely, the Walt Disney Company and Electronic Arts announced a multi-year Star Wars games agreement. I've pulled up the press release that they put out at that time where they called it that exclusive licensing agreement. And they said under the agreement, EA will develop and publish new Star Wars titles for a core gaming audience spanning all interactive platforms and the most popular game genres while Disney will retain certain rights to develop new titles within the mobile, social, tablet, and online game categories. This agreement demonstrates our commitment to creating quality game experiences that drive the popularity of the Star Wars franchise for years to come. It was 2013. Disney was going to pour a lot of money into the Star Wars franchise. Everybody was happy. Electronic Arts undoubtedly paid a good chunk of change for this exclusive license, meaning that nobody else could make these quote-unquote core games, what we might think of as AAA games. And it was a little bit later that we found out that the license was actually for 10 years. Here's a Hollywood Reporter article that says the EA Disney Star Wars deal is to last 10 years, expand past movies. EA executive vice president says that the company's Star Wars games won't be based on movies, but larger franchise mythology, which was mostly untrue, which we will talk about in just a second. But if you're doing math at home, you've got a 10-year deal and it was signed, give or take. We never know exactly how these press releases relate to the exact date of signing an agreement of this type in May of 2013. So we would expect exclusivity to go through May of 2023. Keep that date in mind as we continue the conversation. Now, of course, if you love Star Wars like I do, if you are familiar with all of the Star Wars games that came out from LucasArts uh, back in the 90s and in the early 2000s, really when before and after the prequels had been released, 
it was a surprise, a shock, really, to see Electronic Arts effectively waste the license for huge amounts of time. They've had it now, as we've said, for eight years, and really, they've only released four games, three of which are focused on multiplayer. That's Battlefront, Battlefront 2, of course, the sequel to Battlefront, it's right there in the title, and Squadrons, which is a shooting game where you're in an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter. A lot of people like it. I'm glad for them. I don't like it so much. They weren't focused, with the exception of one game, on really the universe of Star Wars, on the storytelling, on what it meant to participate in Star Wars as a franchise. That one exception was Jedi Fallen Order, which again, I find to be the most 7 out of 10 of 7 out of 10s. I apologize. Please leave your complaints as comments to this video. If you really adore Jedi Fallen Order, feel free to let me know. I found it to be fine, uh, but not anything great. Certainly, I enjoyed it in terms of being in Star Wars better than Battlefront, Battlefront 2, and Squadrons, but it's an okay game. And that's really all EA released over the course of a decade, which was starting to make a lot of Star Wars fans say, hey, can Disney go get that license back? Especially when Battlefront 2 released and there was all these microtransactions and we heard rumors about Disney calling Electronic Arts and that they were taking flack and then Electronic Arts removed all the microtransactions. A lot of people thought maybe Disney will take the license back. And I did some videos on the subject and said, well, Disney's unlikely to just burn a bridge down to the ground. And in fact, as we talk about the contents of this video, I don't believe it is, in fact, the case that Disney has burned this bridge down to the ground. We'll see reference to Electronic Arts, and the timing actually lines up for not terminating the exclusivity agreement necessarily. But as all of this friction was being created and there were rumors going around, in 2019, there dropped a little story. Lucasfilm Games has been hiring for new Star Wars games and heritage proje projects. This was from PC Gamer. This was put all around the internet, and the main takeaway before it was updated was, Disney appears to have resurrected Lucasfilm Games. You'll probably be more familiar with its successor, the greatly missed LucasArts, which developed and published countless games both in and outside the Star Wars universe until it was closed in 2013, right? Disney buys Lucasfilm, closes LucasArts, signs an exclusivity deal with EA, and then EA doesn't really deliver the breadth of materials that Star Wars fans had come to expect, and everybody was interested in what was next. Then, in 2019, we have this story where Lucasfilm Games, this old brand name of Lucasfilm, was brought back. And for what purpose? We didn't really know. There were a couple of updates to this article as it happened in 2019. While the Disney careers listings are all publisher side jobs, it looks like Lucasfilm Games has also been looking for designers as far back as 2017. There was a thought around the internet in this article and elsewhere that maybe Lucasfilm Games was going to get into the business of making games for themselves. Disney, for the most part, has treated its intellectual property brands as things to be outsourced ever since really the failure of Disney Infinity. And we see that writ large with Marvel, right? We see that with uh, Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics, spending a huge amount of money on the Avengers, whether or not you like it. We certainly see it with respect to Insomniac spending a huge amount of money on Spider-Man. Disney has found certain valuable partnerships in order to pursue Marvel brand alliances without making the games themselves. And I think ultimately that probably informed their decision making here, which we will see in just a second. But PC Gamer walks that back. Lucasfilm Games says, whoa, 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 whoa. 
We have been provided clarification in regards to its role at Disney in relationship with third-party publishers and developers. It was actually brought back around the time as LucasArts closed its doors. They said the brand was in 2013, specifically to work with studios in the Star Wars brand, not to develop games internally. Now, as we will see as the narrative in this video, that may or may not be specifically accurate. They might have revived the brand earlier, but probably not with just the intention of working with EA in this capacity and that they were actually working towards something else. Disney and Lucasfilm Games are still committed to its partnership with developers and publishers like EA, a representative said, and there are no plans to change this. In fact, you can go and you can see the early days of virtual legality. Virtual legality number 38. We've done, what, 350 some odd episodes. Since then, you can see the old logos, the neon green and all that good stuff, where we talked about what it meant to manage a brand, what these third-party relationships looked like, why it probably didn't mean anything necessarily for the end of the Star Wars exclusivity arrangement, but that it could, that there was some flexibility that Lucasfilm was affording itself, that Disney was affording itself, in order to potentially start to branch out and look at things from a Marvel perspective. Now, last summer in 2020, when people were again asking about the Electronic Arts contract, saying, hey, you've only released four games, three of which are really multiplayer focused. Squadrons isn't very big. It's $40. It's clearly focused on kind of a mobile framework that just got up up to the, to the console level. And Electronic Arts said, yeah, 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 we're still good with Disney. We plan to double down on Star Wars games. And we talked about this, I think maybe not in virtual legality on my social media and said, well, that's all well and good. And I don't think Electronic Arts would be kicked to the curb or anything if that exclusivity were ended. Star Wars is still an enormously valuable property. And if you're running a big giant video game company, you're still going to want a piece of that pie if you can get it. But things clearly weren't going well. At the same time as all this of Electronic Arts really not putting the hammer down and releasing Star Wars games at a reasonable clip for people that wanted those Star Wars experiences. Disney was also suffering, if not uh, economic failure of their Disney sequel trilogy, at least uh, waning of interest. You could see it when the, the results, the actual capital received by Disney from the release of all these movies went down and down and down. You see this from general tumult around the merchandising, around the toys. You see it in their financial reports where they say Star Wars toys have declined and have been buoyed up by other portions uh, of our merchandising network. Certainly coronavirus 2020 in general was no great help to that. And when you have that scenario, when you have a situation where both sides in 2013 think everything's going to be roses and Electronic Arts probably paid money for that 10 years of exclusivity based on the premise that Star Wars would be this grand thing continuing for the next decade and maybe it isn't. And on the same side, Disney looks at it and says, we thought Electronic Arts would release 10 games in 10 years and they definitely aren't. That's when you start to reevaluate the value of the contract. There is no question that in 2021, that contract looks very different than it did in 2013. And that's regardless of how Star Wars was doing. That's also because we're in lockdown and there's a pandemic. And maybe that's helping video games, as we've seen through some of the stats here in virtual legality and elsewhere, but it's not necessarily helping Star Wars. And so Electronic Arts evaluates and Disney evaluates. And ultimately, two days ago, you get an announcement like this, which was very brief. I almost did a video on it, and then I almost also did a video on it yesterday for reasons that we're going to discuss, but this announcement hinted to me that something was up about Star Wars. So this is on StarWars.com. That's your first hint. Pretty obvious, I know. Lucasfilm Games begins a new era. New social channels, 
a sizzle reel, and more herald the bright future of Lucasfilm Games. StarWars.com is thrilled to reveal that Lucasfilm Games is now the official identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm, a name that encompasses the company's rich catalog of video games and its eye towards the future. Now, this was actually reported in various video game outlets and comic book outlets and fan outlets as all Star Wars games now fall under Lucasfilm games. That's not actually what it says here, as you can see. It's all gaming titles from Lucasfilm, which implied to me that they were thinking about branching out. Some of the best games in the 90s from LucasArts were Indiana Jones games. Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, if you can find a copy of that, I couldn't recommend it more. It's really one of the best adventure games ever made, captures the Indiana Jones spirit. And so it was no surprise when this announcement came out that the very first thing that they said in this new Twitter feed was a new Indiana Jones game with an original story is being developed by the award-winning studio Machine Games and executive produced by game industry icon Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios, soon to be a Microsoft wholly owned subsidiary, as you know. Now, this Indiana Jones game sounds great. In major news for fans of the cinematic icon, Lucasfilm Games announced today that a new Indiana Jones game will be swinging our way, being developed by the award-winning studio Machine Games, who made the Wolfenstein reboot games, knows a few things about fighting Nazis, and executive produced by game industry icon Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios. Now, I'm not entirely certain why Todd Howard being mentioned is terribly useful to selling the game in the future, but that's not up to me. The game will tell a wholly original, standalone tale set at the height of the career of the famed adventurer. Just in case you were concerned that it was going to be an Indiana Jones 5 tie-in game, which is going to have old Harrison Ford and, I don't know, Shia LaBeouf, Chris Pratt, whoever they're going to have put in there to help carry the action load in Indiana Jones 5. That's not going to be the case. This is going to be the original at the height of the career of the famed adventurer, presumably around World War II, give or take. And it's going to be fun and people should get excited about it. Now, that's probably a long ways off. Bethesda tends to announce these things way, way, way too early. But we will see. What we also saw as part of this announcement was a Lucasfilm Games project that was clearly looking to follow the Marvel Games model, saying, okay, Insomniac, you're going to do Spider-Man, and Crystal Dynamics, you're going to do Avengers, and now from this side of things, Bethesda, you're going to do Indiana Jones, and it felt like we were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Now, the first light shoe yesterday was that they were working on Jedi Fallen Order. It got an update, better frame rate, better resolution, very cool, always nice to see those old games supported. And then today, this morning, as of an hour ago, that other shoe did in fact drop. We are thrilled to announce we are working with Ubisoft and Ubisoft Massive to develop a brand new story-driven open-world Star Wars adventure, which means a whole lot to a whole lot of people that are interested in Star Wars. From the legal perspective, it means that exclusivity deal is dead, or at least it will be by the time this game releases. Lucasfilm Games hits light speed towards the future, says their blog. Douglas Riley, VP of Lucasfilm Games, talks to StarWars.com about the just-announced story-driven open-world Star Wars game from Ubisoft and much more. Now, of course, we have to take all of this with a grain of salt. This is effectively hoping for the best. This is a marketing piece done by a web marketing arm of Disney to show how great this whole deal is. So, you know, take it with that grain of salt. But it's a big, big move and a big decision for the Star Wars brand and franchise on the whole. The Star Wars gaming galaxy is about to experience its own big bang. 
We've got a lot of stuff we're ready to start sharing with fans. Lucasfilm Games VP Douglas Riley tells StarWars.com because we've been working quietly behind the scenes for a while now, waiting for this moment. Now, they're going to reference how long this has taken, but it's worth noting, right? They've got this exclusivity deal with Electronic Arts. They say they've been working on this for a while now, which is essentially ending that exclusivity. Chances are they weren't doing it entirely behind closed doors. That Electronic Arts knew some of this stuff was happening. They're partners, and they have certain disclosure obligations with one another. And so when Electronic Arts says they plan to double down on Star Wars games here in the summer of last year, chances are, and I can't guarantee this, they knew that this was Disney's plan, that Disney probably wasn't hiding this entirely. And if they were, there are probably some fairly angry phone calls this morning, but I would doubt it. And I think Electronic Arts was brought in on these conversations and would know that this was the direction it was going. And Electronic Arts probably wasn't that interested in re-upping, at least at the price they paid in 2013. Disney might not have been willing to have a discount. And so we come to this point in time. By this moment, Riley is referring to a new direction and era for Star Wars and Lucasfilm Gaming overall, as Lucasfilm Games is now opening the doors to developers that want to come play in the galaxy far, far away. Highlight in red, that's your big sentence takeaway. They're opening the doors. They're ending exclusivity. Now, did they have to buy out the exclusivity contract? Probably not. Because what you're talking about here is a game from Ubisoft that sounds absolutely huge, or more specifically, massive. That's the name of the developer that they've got making. It's a subsidiary of Ubisoft. And chances are it wouldn't have to release before May of 2023, which remember, doing the math of that original press release is suggestive of when the exclusivity likely ends. Now, could Disney have bought it off? Absolutely. You can always amend a contract. So if there's exclusivity and this game is ready by Christmas of this year, it won't be. But if it were then they could say, all right, Electronic Arts, can we pay you a certain amount of money to get out of this exclusivity deal? Can we do something else for you? Can we give you some other right? Can we exchange some value in order to get out of this exclusivity because this is what we want to do? And in general, business people, regardless of whether they're or not they're happy about the situation, will go and try to maximize their returns, work with the hand that they have been dealt by their business partner, and figure out a way that makes the most profit for both parties. That's ideally. Sometimes emotions do play a role. We're looking to work with best-in-class teams that can make great games across all of our intellectual property. We've got a team of professionals here at Lucasfilm Games who can work with the developers, shape the stories, shape the creative, shape the games to make them really resonate with fans and deliver across a breadth of platforms, genres, and experiences so that all of our fans can enjoy the IPs that they know and love. It's a great quote too, right? We've talked about this a lot in virtual reality, specifically with the Spider-Man games from Insomniac. But it never stops being the case that the intellectual property holder is another bit of vetting that you have to do when you are making a game based on the intellectual property of another party. Lucasfilm Games is pitching it as this is a great thing because Lucasfilm gets to have a say, shape the games, shape the stories, etc. From the video game development side of things, this is an extra step. This is one of the reasons why it takes a little bit longer. This is one of the reasons why intellectual property games maybe cost a little bit more to make, not just on the back end where you're paying a royalty to the company that actually owns the intellectual property, but on the front end where you have to have an extra Zoom conference call with those VPs in charge of creative of your brand. And you have to get that concept art approved up at the highest levels of either Star Wars or Marvel or Disney, whatever's applicable to your game. Not a bad thing if you're looking to have somebody control what your canon is or what the feel of your universe is. 
but it does add a little bit of extra friction. That might be part of what Electronic Arts was struggling with, and it might have been part of what Disney was struggling with. If they didn't have Lucasfilm games really up and running to have these partnership discussions, it could have made it take longer to get Battlefront and Battlefront 2 and Squadrons and Jedi Fallen Order approved. So this might be good for everybody. Certainly, I think if you're a Star Wars fan like I am and you want to see more games out there, this seems more likely to get that done than just an exclusivity agreement with one company. Case in point, the huge news that Lucasfilm Games and Ubisoft are collaborating on a new story-driven, open-world Star Wars game. It's a genre long requested by fans and will come to life via massive entertainment, Ubisoft's critically acclaimed studio based in Malmo, Sweden. We are really excited about an opportunity to work with the team at Massive, led by David Polfelt and the creative director, Julian Garrity. We have spent almost a year now working to get to know them and what they want to bring to the table. It's January 2021 now. They've spent almost a year, so maybe sometime in spring of 2020, probably through Zoom calls, if their world was at all like mine in the spring of 2020. But note that that is, in fact, before EA gives its release that says they're going to double down on Star Wars games. And again, Disney isn't probably doing this all behind the scenes, under the table. At some point, they bring Electronic Arts in to say, this is what we are going to be doing. And they probably have some notification requirements under their exclusivity agreement. Unfortunately, we can't see the details there. But as of a year ago, they started thinking that this was going to be the project. This was going to be the process. So you start to ask questions about whether or not their answers to PC Gamer talking about Lucasfilm Games were entirely on the up and up. But of course, they don't have a complete obligation to be truthful with journalistic outlets like this. We talk about public companies all the time. They have an overall obligation to be truthful to maximize their revenues as they go forward with a plan, a business attack plan. But they don't really have to be entirely truthful when they put out press releases like that, especially if they have new plans. And when I think a lot of investors probably wanted them to move away from that exclusivity agreement in any event. Continuing the relationship that resulted in the reinvigorated Battlefront series, the critically acclaimed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and multiplayer hit Star Wars Squadrons, Electronic Arts will too play a big role in the future of Star Wars gaming. We are really proud of the games we have created with EA, Riley says. We will continue working with them and our relationship has never been stronger. While we may not have a lot of details to share at the moment, seems like that's always the case with EA, right? We've got a number of projects underway with the talented teams at EA. And if you go and you follow this article from Kotaku talking about the horrible decade of Star Wars games and things like that, you'll see Electronic Arts had a number of false starts. I think they canceled like three or four games that they were trying to make under this license and that just didn't work out for some reason or another. But Disney has specifically gone out of their way to share with folks that this doesn't mean an end to their relationship with EA. Obviously, the top line headline here is Electronic Arts is no longer the exclusive provider of Star Wars games for any time frame that is important to Star Wars fans. That Electronic Arts might be exclusive in name until May of 2023, but in fact, out other games that would take three or four years to develop have started that development process and will be available when that exclusivity period ends. And I think if you are a fan of the Star Wars franchise, if you love this kind of stuff, then this is great. This is great news. Doesn't mean all these games are going to be great. Doesn't mean this Ubisoft game is going to be great. Although I like Massive. I like The Division 2. I think they can do some fun stuff with it. And certainly Star Wars is wide open 
for some kind of open world experience that would be great with maybe loot drops and an MMO type styling. I think that could be a fun game in Star Wars land, but I'm very interested even more in what other companies can do with it. What if somebody at Sony winds up getting a license to Star Wars and makes a fun over-the-shoulder third-person adventure game. You know, Sony Santa Monica with Star Wars would be crazy. And it's not like Sony hasn't done that. Insomniac makes games for Disney and the Spider-Man license while being owned by Sony. And that's going to continue into the future. I hope Insomniac gets to make a game that isn't Spider-Man someday soon. But it's not going to be in the near present tense because they make Spider-Man so well, they're undoubtedly going to be making Spider-Man for a, a number of years to come. So wouldn't that be cool? Think of other things that you might like. Please leave comments to the video. Other companies that you would be interested in having the Star Wars license and trying new and different things with that license. I think the sky's the limit. I think that there is a lot of stuff that can be mined out of the Star Wars brand as a franchise. And I am very excited to make this video, not because I hate Electronic Arts. They can continue to make their Battlefronts and their Squadrons and their Jedi Fallen Orders. And I will continue to play some of them. But I'm very excited to see what other companies can bring to the table because more is better. Competition on this kind of thing is better. And I'm very much looking forward to the future of Star Wars and video games, which is not something that I would have expected to say as of all of a week ago. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you love talking about business and law and these kinds of highfalutin ideas, but around the pop culture, video games, music, movies, television that you otherwise enjoy, then you've found a home here in Virtual Legality. Please like, subscribe, share. Tell folks we are having these conversations. We are in the midst of a long-form series, a 10-part series when I get done with it, that is going over in detail a game publishing agreement that publisher Raw Fury has generously put out there into the public eye, and we'll have another part, part three of that, very, very soon. Otherwise, we're talking about all sorts of things on this channel. So again, if you do like it, join us here. I love having conversations with new folks in this space. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.